Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of technology, media, and business in Asia. The show is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desks. And Linkshus, the place where you can sell your products everywhere. Hi, Sirkan. Hi, Bernard. How are you doing? I am well, and you are Sirkan Toto, the CEO of Kantan Games, and a highly recurring guest of Analyze Asia. How are things on your side? Pretty good. Yeah, so the gaming market where I'm active in here in Japan is pretty busy. Uh, it's earnings season at the, at the moment, uh, late July, starting the start of August. It's, uh, you know, a lot of companies are you know, re- releasing their financial reports. Uh, so I'm quite busy at the moment. And I managed to get you really very tight at this time. And we were supposed to talk two weeks before after the news came out for Satoru Iwata, the CEO of Nintendo, has just passed away. Actually, part of this episode tribute to him. Probably it's best to have a quick introduction on the topic itself. Satoru Iwata was the CEO of Nintendo and he died at the age of 55 due to a Baldak growth. And he was appointed in the May 2002 as the president of Nintendo. And he's probably the first CEO that came outside from the Yamachi family which founded the company in 1889. So in case our audience didn't know, Nintendo started as a manufacturer of playing cards. So Sakan, tell me what are your thoughts about Satoru Iwata and what are kind of your reflections about his passing? The thing is that he is basically, I mean, as you said, he's the first CEO and leader of the company outside the Yamauchi family, which founded Nintendo. And Nintendo's a very old company, as you said, uh, they started doing playing cards, they uh, later also did uh, toys, especially for the for the Japanese market. They're actually still uh, manufacturing playing cards, like printed actual physical cards. So they're still in that business, more of a legacy business, of course. And Iwata-san was uh, appointed as the CEO back when there was no successor for uh, Yamauchi Hiroshi, for, uh, who's leading Nintendo for decades until his company was at a crossroads. And there was nobody from inside the Yamauchi family, and they appointed uh, Iwata back then. And Iwata is, is the first uh, president outside uh, the Yamauchi family. And uh, as another point, he's also the first president, as, you know, uh, by extension, who doesn't have a stake in Nintendo. A stake meaning an ownership. And then after that, he's also responsible for a couple of things. But going back to his background, I understand that he started off as a developer first, right? Yeah, so he's basically, he's a, he was a designer, an engineer, a programmer, and he helped in the 1980s. He actually started working for a, co- a company called uh, Hal Laborator- uh, Laboratory, HAL, a small company. I think it was the, the number five or the number sixth uh, full time full time employee. So he's originally from Hokkaido, by the way. He's not he's not from Tokyo. So he, he started doing uh, very early NES games or Famicom uh, games. He's been in the business for a long time, actually, up until his death. Yes, and the yeah, first I, game was something called Kirby's Dreamland. I remember playing that game. It's about the puffy little pink thing gobble up enemies. Yeah, so it's it's actually one of uh, Nintendo's uh, you know more famous IPs. You know, Nintendo has a really broad and uh, a broad and deep uh, catalog of IPs. And Kirby, every yeah, everybody everybody knows Kirby. Yeah. And then other games is he involved in like Super Mario or Legend of Zelda as well? Uh, not not directly. So he was he was a little bit too early. But I think that because these games came a little bit a little bit later, especially the the ones that are you know that really, for example, in the case of Zelda that came out on the Super Nintendo, for example. So he, he wasn't really active. He wasn't really active in the in the development of these uh, uh, key titles. But but I think that uh, the one game that everybody associates Iwata-san with in the game community is Balloon Fight. So there's a, it's an action game. It's like a platform game. 
that came out on the in the arcades first when he was 25 or 26 or something like that he he ported it on the Nintendo Entertainment System so every gamer knows that game that's basically his his first big title that that he was working on then is he also responsible for Wii that came out sometime around 2003 2004 Yes. So basically, I mean, what Iwata-san is credited with, you know, after he became, so that was before he became became CEO, right? I mean, uh, so he did a lot of things. He was a very accomplished programmer is one of the reasons why, uh, you know, so many people are uh, or have been admiring him. Or have been, you know, or have been shocked when you know, when he was announced uh, when it was announced that he passed away. Uh, but uh, after he became CEO, so he uh, basically was responsible for the launch of the Wii and the DS. So that was, uh, you know, the long history of, of Nintendo. So that was one of the very, very uh, rare occurrences where even Nintendo, which is, a, you know, by any means a very, very successful games company, uh, had a double punch. I mean, had a, you know, had a double hit. Uh, so on the, on the console side, on the home console side, the Wii was a smash hit. I mean, it's, it sounds a little bit like an overstatement, but I, I don't think it is when I say that the Wii uh, basically you know, revolutionized video gaming by just dramatically expanding the, uh, the, uh, the market for gamers. So suddenly everybody be, uh, could, be, uh, could become a gamer because the Wii, everybody could control most of the games on, the, on that platform. That was the whole thinking behind it. And the DS was the first big game console that had, two, uh, that had two screens. So back then, I remember everybody was saying, well, now Nintendo uh, really became crazy, right? I mean, you know, what is happening with this company? Why don't they just update the, the Game Boy? And what is this two uh, two screen monstrosity? But that uh, that device revolutionized, essentially revolutionized uh, portable gaming. Iwata-san was re- responsible for both of these uh, devices. He also had a very interesting page called Iwata Us. So yeah. he's actually able to sort of have this like interviews with his own employees and talk about making games and how to expand Nintendo's game offerings. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so, so I mean, Nintendo is, is this very strange company of, uh, in the sense that, you know, they're based in Kyoto, they're very secretive, they're, you know, outside this uh, craziness of Tokyo, and uh, it's, um, so if you go to their uh, HQ, it's like a Kafka-esque castle, you know, that, you know, you can see from the outside, but nobody really knows what's going on on the inside, and it's very, very secretive, but on the other hand, Iwata-san also made a point of showing himself. Right, so uh, w- which is something that Yamauchi-san back in the days didn't do. You know, b- back uh, when Yamauchi-san uh, was uh, at the helm of Nintendo, you know, the, of course, you know, there was no, no such thing as uh, social media back uh, ten years ago or fifteen years ago in the form that we have it uh, today. Uh, but he's very, very. Um, he, he tried to be, um, uh, you know, open as a person, but still keep Nintendo as secretive uh, as it was. And it, uh, so uh, he was appearing. You know, he was tweeting, and you know, he was doing video presentations of of new games and uh, people as. as as you mentioned, uh, they could ask him que- uh, they could ask him questions, and he was trying to uh, be um, uh, present as a person, but again, at the same time, keeping uh, Nintendo still relatively secretive. And he said, always said that he was driven by a desire to improve the position of video games in society. So, what is the impact of his death to Nintendo? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big blow, right? I mean, it, a lot of people have actually criticized him after the Wii U launched because he's also responsible for the launch of the Wii U, which is, by any means, it's it's unfortunate. I personally like the console, so I think that uh, it was underloved. 
uh, but the Wii U uh, as the successor for the Wii with that tablet-like uh, controller that it had uh, unfortunately flopped. The 3DS, the 3D-enabled uh, uh, you know, DS successor, uh, also didn't do as well as as the as the previous generation. It did okay, um, you know. Uh, they tweaked a few things and made it a success eventually. But I think that uh, the reaction um, on a business on the business side was relatively mixed. Of course, you know, everybody was uh, sad that you know he passed away at at, uh, at such an early um, age. He uh, at at the at the ending of his career, unfortunately, his his two latest consoles didn't uh, didn't quite perform as well as they could have. Mm-hmm. But on the on the other hand, you know, just four months ago, he put Nintendo on tr- on the right track in my personal view. So he said we're going to do mobile games. That's point one. And the next point is that he announced relatively early for uh, in the console game industry in terms of life cycles of consoles. He announced uh, the so-called NX console, which is going to be a uh, Nintendo's next console. So I think that you know he tried. Uh, move um, uh, move uh, Nintendo in the right direction, and you know the latest uh, financial report uh, for which uh, Iwata-san is actually you know directly responsible actually turned turned a profit, you know after a long time, and the profit uh, was uh, relatively healthy. So I think that uh, unfortunately, because I think that you know mobile games uh, by Nintendo is going to be a, a really huge success in in the in the future. He will not be able to see what his latest effort will bring as results. Before we get back to the DNA view, I want to kind of ask who are the potential successors to the CEO role. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so I mean, a, a couple of people, especially outside Japan, they are um, speculating uh, with the, the successor being a, possibly being a foreigner, for example, because you know they look at uh, Sony. So Sony had a had a had a foreigner. Olympus had a foreigner um, uh, for for uh, for a limited time, and you know the Japanese economy is opening up a little and becoming uh, more global. But I don't think so. I think it's going to be a you know a person from within Japan, and I think it's going to be somebody from uh, within Nintendo. Any kind of guesses to who might be? So I mean, you know, negatively speaking, I mean, or you know, coming from that angle, I don't think it's going to be Miyamoto, and Miyamoto is uh, Shigeru Miyamoto is basically you know the most iconic video game designer on the planet. He's uh, the father of Mario and the father of Zelda. So people are speculating that he might president, but I don't think so. I think I don't think he's the business type. I think he's uh, very super creative. So I I adore him, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think that you know he's a uh, he's a uh, uh, CEO. He's ready to be uh, a CEO. So um, uh, another big uh, big name that's coming up all the time is uh, another person called Takeda-san, and he's more suitable, I would say, or he's a more of a of a possible solution. It might also be the case that uh, there's somebody inside Nintendo who's, you know, who's uh, in his 40s and who might be suitable, who we don't know. Because as I mentioned earlier, Nintendo is quite a secretive company, right? So uh, there's not a lot of employees stepping up, you know, and uh, voicing uh, 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 voicing opinions, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, in, in the last few years. And they had time, you know, and they had time uh, to, uh, theoretically speaking, they had time uh, to prepare for... Uh, for Iwata-san's passing, because I think that uh, you know Nintendo Inside knew more than the general public about uh, the illness that uh, Iwata-san had. Mm. So, in terms of that, did he actually even have like a succession plan, or do you see any like executives moved up during this period when he's under treatment? Yeah. So, so uh, about your your first uh, uh, about your second question, uh, no, nobody really knows. Uh, but uh, the first question, uh, the first question, also nobody really knows. I would say that uh, illness was so severe. That a company like Nintendo uh, probably had uh, ha- has been already, uh, you know, uh, preparing something. I would be very, very surprised if if they didn't have because the illness that he had is not is not some small is not some small uh, complication or something like that. It, it was quite severe. Now that we talk a little bit about Iwata's uh, son's passing, and we also give him a tribute, so we b- better come back to the legacy Nintendo. 
So with the CEO succession, we don't know who it's going to be. What's going to happen to the DNA deal? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's intact. I, I don't think that uh, it has any big implications for uh, the DNA um, for the DNA deal and you know the entry into into mobile games. And it was one reason being that uh, the DNA deal was announced on uh, March seventeenth, and Iwata-san suddenly passed away on July eleventh. It's not that you know Nintendo has been starting to, to enter the mobile games uh, industry when they made the announcement, right? I mean, uh, they sure, absolutely, uh, positively, surely. Um, you know, already ex- at the very, very least experimented with uh, possible mobile game concepts. And I think that uh, they are on track. I don't think that they can or they will reverse that kind of, uh, that kind of business decision. Mm, it's already four months in the, in the open already. Have they already kind of give you uh, some any hints on the mobile games that's going to come on online? Yes, so basically they said uh, there, there's going to be two things. So f- first thing is content, obviously. So there's going to be Nintendo-branded games that Nintendo is going to develop and uh, provide the IP for. Um, and the, the first game is going, uh, going to come out by the end of this year. So sometimes uh, in, in the remaining months of, of this year. And as a second point, uh, the so-called Nintendo platform is going to launch uh, in the fall this year. So since this week is the earnings week, you we before this we have an earlier conversation about the earnings week. So what happened to Gree and DNA in this quarter then? Yes. So for Gree, they had their you know their financial report just out today, and Gree is uh, the arch enemy, quote unquote, uh, of uh, DNA, the Nintendo partner. Gree today uh, announced that uh, you know their fourth quarter results. They said that sales uh, plunged fifty six percent year on year for the same uh, when compared to the same uh, quarter, uh, quarter last year. So it's not really looking uh, very nice for for that company. Uh, but uh, DNA, on the other hand, so DNA is reporting in two days, but they already um, revised their forecast upwards uh, because they said, you know, uh, our, our smartphone games, our is existing smartphone games and our existing other uh, business activities, uh, for example, you know, DNA is also operating or also owning uh, one of the 12 professional baseball teams that Japan has. And they said, you know, the, this kind of businesses perform better than we expected, while sales remain flat in our, our forecast or not unchanged in our forecast. We are going to revise operating profit up, so they're quite optimistic for the for this quarter. The Nintendo is deal is going to actually going to start to operate in the next two quarters, so there will be some upswing for DNA from your perspective. Yes, yeah, so I'm absolutely uh, I'm absolutely positive that it's going to be it's a very a deep change uh, to the you know on the positive side uh, for both uh, for both companies. Nintendo entering mobile is. Uh, I think that it's, I think, a deal that you know many people in the financial industry or in the gaming industry don't really understand. In my personal opinion, I, it sounds a little bit harsh now, but I think that a lot of people are just uninformed, uh, uh, even about the, the most basic facts of that deal. They don't really understand what the what the deal is about. And I think that maybe not the first game that uh, Nintendo is pushing out, maybe not the second game that they're pushing out, but the third game and uh, the subsequent games. Maybe not, maybe not, not even all of them. Uh, but I think that uh, Nintendo will have a very solid mobile games portfolio if they just execute half halfway decent half as good half as good as they can if we have the same uh, interview in uh, one years or in, uh, one and a half years uh, nintendo will i think uh, play a very very uh, dominant role in mobile games along with dna it seems that from your perspective that nintendo is playing the long game with being on the mobile platform i mean in, they do have show a track record of being able to come back they have the nintendo old consoles then they come up with the wii and then they come yeah. with the 3ds this is a company that keeps innovating on its on its own head. So, would you see the same thing happening in this case? Yes. So, so I think that you know, I think that uh, you're absolutely correct on the hardware side. You know, so on the hardware side, it's hit miss, hit miss, hit miss, right? For for Nintendo, 
on the on the software side, there's no other. And I think that you know uh, the vast majority of uh, game uh, of gamers and also game developers, everybody in the industry would agree with me here. Uh, you know that Nintendo just makes the best games. Period. You know, <laughs> on, on the games on the game software side. It's basically hit, 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 hit. At least, when, at the very, very least, you know, when you uh, talk about the quality of the game and the innovation and uh, um, and the gameplay and the fun uh, and the ratings that these games uh, get. So I'm. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm um, uh, bullish about Nintendo. But I think that uh, I think that uh, you know this company will uh, will come back. I have no mm-hmm. doubt about that. So as I wanted to sort of understand it, then what what did the financial analysts got it wrong? Is it because they don't understand the gaming industry, or is it just because? they don't see Nintendo's potential? Uh, yeah, I think it's a mixture of both, uh, plus the fact that you know a lot of uh, analysts in, in the financial industry absolutely hate Nintendo because uh, um, Nintendo has been waiting too long in their eyes and I think they do have a point uh, in, the, in that case uh, with their entry into mobile. And because it's, you know, it's, it's uh, 2015. So again, the deal was announced in March 2015. The App Store was open uh, in uh, summer 2008. You know, back then, nobody really knew how, how the, uh, the whole uh, mobile app ecosystem would, would evolve into a multi-billion dollar market that quickly. You know, uh, people have been, you know, asking Nintendo to get on mobile at least, at least since 2011, 2010. Oh. But they waited for such a long time, and was one of the reasons being that you know Nintendo uh, has has uh, ten billion dollars uh, cash on hand, right? I mean, they they can sit out a long, long time, you know, even producing uh, one or two more uh, f- flops on the on the on the hardware side. It's not really a big deal for them. Mm. So Nintendo's first quarter earnings published its first quarter earnings for the three months ending June thirtieth. I think they yeah. have a net sales of something like. 90 billion yen which is equal to about US 727 million and an operating profit of 1.1 billion yen so what are the factors that kind of lead to this interesting quarter when it shows profitability for the first time yeah, so, so I mean, the interesting thing is that you know, on the on the on the profit loss side, uh, the the street was basically assuming that uh, Nintendo is going to have a 6 billion uh, yen loss so that was the that was the consensus among uh, among most of the analysts out there. Uh, but they they turned out uh, uh, you know to be able to, you know eke out a, a, a small a small profit or relatively small profit. And the the main driver was uh, uh, you know uh, the, uh, one hit game that they had, and that hit game is called the Splatoon. And uh, the Splatoon is is a Wii U game that uh, is uh, basically a Nintendo's f- uh, first uh, first and pers- uh, first person shooter that they ever. That they ever uh, released. It's not only that. So it's it's also so Nintendo was actually quite uh, quite um, experimental with that game. So again, it's a first first person shooter uh, made by Nintendo, and they also made another interesting de- decision. They introduced it with completely new IP. So it's not based on uh, you know Zelda or one of or one of the other top IPs that they're sitting on, but they introduced uh, the first entry into that uh, genre with entirely fresh uh, IP, and people loved it. So in other words, uh, the game sold. And uh, Nintendo was uh, was able to turn a profit in that quarter. What about the other things like their roadmap in terms of the moving to the mobile gaming platform? And I think they also uh, stick to some of the current titles like Legend of Zelda being delayed. So will they have an impact to Nintendo's earnings in the next two quarters? Uh, yeah, so it depends on uh, when the mobile game comes out. I mean, if you look at just the console games that they have announced for the next few months, I mean, there's some, you know, there are some games coming. There's something in the product pipeline, but it's not really gigantic in terms of uh, surprises, uh, potential sales, etc., uh, etc. Et as you mentioned, Le- Legend of Zelda is the next big game, but they uh, 
uh, delayed it. I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, don't uh, really release it on the Wii U anymore at all, but just uh, use it as a launch title for the NX when when that console comes out. But that's pure speculation. So that's uh, there's a little bit of uh, games coming out right now, but there's nothing where I would say, oh my god, except for the potential Legend of Zelda game that may come uh, next year. That you know just it keeps me on my. Um, I mean, that, that makes me really feel excited about uh, Nintendo's product pipeline. So, uh, in other words, uh, I think that uh, the first mobile game that they have uh, should uh, be released uh, rather sooner than later. Hmm. Mm. I just want to go back to the Nintendo Splatoon game. And so, in that model, are they actually trying out other business models as well? Yeah, so, so uh, Splatoon is actually a traditional uh, console game. So, it's... Uh, Upfront fee, you pay $50, it's an encapsulated experience, there's no additional content, it's not a service, right? I mean, as you know, mobile games are services and not encapsulated finish or finishable experiences. So in that sense, it's, it's a very old school game, uh, but Nintendo has been uh, relatively active with uh, two, three games on the DS where they uh, released uh, free-to-play uh, puzzle games, uh, Pokemon games. So they have been already, you know, even before announcing the whole DNA thing, uh, they have already experimented with uh, alternative uh, business models like, again, as I mentioned, free-to-play, but also additional uh, downloadable content that users have to pay after they, um, after they make the initial payment of the, of, of the, of the upfront fee uh, for a console game. They have been experimenting uh, with, uh, with business models, and uh, that might be also one interesting topic uh, for the first game. Um, and uh, because the first game, it's not 100% clear what the business model will, will, will uh, look like. And a lot of people are anxiously waiting uh, for uh, Nintendo's uh, possible experimentation um, or po- for possible, you know, fresh, uh, r- fresh business model, um, uh, you know, experiments uh, when uh, the first mobile game comes out. Mm. Mm. So you have now an additional IP coming from this game. So they actually have more content games that can throw into the mobile mix. And That's- hopefully they'll find one basically. Okay, anything else you want to talk about Nintendo before we move to the next conversation? Um, yeah, so so I'm I'm just uh, you know I'm just I'm just personally excited about uh, about uh, you know Nintendo's next move on mobile. I think that it for them it's just such a radical paradigm shift because you know getting onto mobile is uh, pretty it's very much different from the console game business, right? So I think that this company will uh, will be very successful on mobile. I mean, I, I just want to go on the record, you know, uh, saying that uh, uh, maybe you know I will regret these words in one or two years, but I don't think so. Mm, don't worry this is episode 50 you're in the half of the century so we will remember this this words so that if when it happens when it works and with your bullish view and it happens i'll i'll replay that back that for you someday okay that's that sounds good okay so with nintendo's out we want to talk about line the other big hit so they have some falling revenues this quarter because of gaming what what actually happened yeah, so so um, I, you know the short answer is uh, Line doesn't have enough games on the platform. That's a short answer. And the long answer? <laughs> the long answer is that uh, Line should have more games on the platform. And Line, you know, if you, if you look at the gaming platform strategy that they have, it's the most uh, um, uh, most aggressively curated uh, gaming platform on the planet. I don't know of any other scaled uh, scaled uh, platform. Um, uh, that uh, allows uh, third-party developers to de- deploy games on it. Uh, that is as strict when it comes to choosing and uh, actually, you know, releasing games, uh, uh, especially by third-party developers uh, on the platform. And uh, if you look, at, if you look at the Line uh, game catalog right now, they have 211 million monthly active users. So it's really, really a scaled, a scaled audience. I like the application very much. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but if you look at the uh, Line Games catalog at the moment, I think that they have globally 45 or 50 games or something like that. 
And uh, so that's that's one uh, side of the spectrum. If you look at the other side of the spectrum at the Kakao Talk, Kakao Talk has uh, thousands of games at the moment in Korea. So Kakao Talk is a really uh, it's uh, you know they're also curating. You cannot put every game that you want on the uh, on the uh, on the Kakao Talk platform. So there's a, a certain level of curation also there. But uh, the pipe uh, is much much more open uh, on the Kakao Talk platform. Um, I'm not saying that you know line should move into Kakao Talk te- uh, the- uh, territory, but line should move a little bit uh, in that spectrum. Move uh, should move a little bit towards that uh, Kakao Talk um, endpoint in order to make more money. Mm. So will this affect their IPO then? Oh yeah, I think that you know th- this is one of the reasons, right? I mean, I think that uh, I think that sixty percent of the re- revenue uh, uh, is coming from gains. You know, when that uh, source of revenue kind of you know weakens or you know gets soft a little bit, uh, the entire company has a problem. Uh, with uh, with another uh, challenge for them being that uh, the other platform, uh, the other elements of their platform strategy haven't really worked so well. Like their, you know, their uh, cab delivery service, their payment service. Uh, here in Japan, they just uh, started a restaurant finder and reservation service kind of uh, kind of application. And all of these services haven't, or you know, the e-commerce platform that they have um, here in Japan only at the moment uh, didn't really work. So uh, at the moment, I would say that uh, the one thing that really, really works well is uh, line gaming. And again, if that uh, component or that source of revenue, you know, shows some weakness, uh, the numbers as a whole just uh, just fall. Mm. So it is likely that they will still IPO in probably maybe this quarter. I think it's getting close to end. So probably next quarter. Uh, yeah. So everybody's waiting for it. Everybody's waiting for um uh, for the line IPO. But uh, I'm not I'm not sure what the plan is. I think that another another problem that they have is also that the growth in MAU is not really is not really picking up. Uh, the growth in MAU is uh, not. Uh, so if you're on a quarter by quarter basis, for example, they haven't really uh, added uh, you know MAUs that dramatically. Mm-hmm. And uh, Viber, for example, which many people are not really taking seriously, has more MAU on a global basis than uh, than uh, Line. Oh, so <laughs> isn't Rakuten doing the right thing by leaving them alone then? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, Line. Uh, I mean, Viber has. I think uh, the last financial report, Rakuten disclosed it. They have, uh, I think, uh, close to eight hundred million registered accounts and uh, quarter quarter billion uh, MAUs. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so, I mean, on a purely MAU basis, um, if you just look at the MAUs, uh, uh, Viber has actually eclipsed um, uh, ecl- eclipse line. Uh, which place will they go? NYSE or Nikkei? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of people are, you know, speculating that a line might uh, might do a double IPO, right? In the US and uh, and here and here in, here in Tokyo. I mean, they did spin off line as as a separate company a while back, and uh, they headquartered here in Tokyo. But and I think that uh, they did that for a reason. So I managed to bump into Adizawa Takashi, uh, the CEO of Line during Rice Conference. So, uh, well, he speaks Japanese, so I couldn't talk to him on that. But well, at, at some point, I will hope to talk to someone from Line. So, Sakan, we are almost there at the end. Any interesting things in Japan before we close the day? Um, not, not. I, I, yeah, I, I would say that. I would say that on the on the mobile side. Uh, on the gaming side, it's uh, pretty much the Nintendo thing uh, that uh, that dom- dominates a lot of the a lot of the you know conversations here. And yeah, so the line IPO is looming, and uh, yeah, exciting times at the moment. Definitely, uh, uh, you're having a lot of fun in Japan. I think you're also going to San Francisco, Seattle, and I think Singapore as well, right? Uh, Singapore, I've I've been I think uh, this year uh, once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sakan, so help my audience. How do they find you? Uh, yeah. So. Uh, 
I would say uh, probably two things. Uh, Twitter is probably one of the best options. So Sarkhan Toto is my, my handle. Uh, or uh, just uh, you know, uh, find me on uh, LinkedIn and uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Mm. And you can find me at bleongcw or bernardleong.com or subscribe to us at Analyze Asia, A-N-A-L-Y-S-E, Asia, and analyze.asia or, and, or get our podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. So, Sakan, once again, thank you very much to come on the show. And, I mean, this is really a tribute to Satoru Iwata-san, the yes. former Nintendo chief executive who dies at 55.